Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The Opinion Line on Quartz 96 FM. So James is actually 11 weeks today. So it's Monday um, and he's amazing. Like he is flying it like against all odds. He is doing really, really well. And I honestly think since he came home, he's thriving. You know, I think it's just being in a more relaxed environment, you know, less beeping of machines and things like that. He just seems to be super, super happy. He got so sick so quickly. He was only what, two weeks old? Yeah, yeah, just under two weeks old. And to be honest, I kind of felt as though maybe about a week before we got to hospital, I was kind of saying there's definitely something up with him. Um, But the thing with James was he wasn't having any temperatures and that would be a big sign of there being something really, really wrong. Yeah. Um, He only started having temperatures the day we got to hospital. So, So was it kind of Mammy knew there was something wrong? Mammy bears instinct? Is that what it was? That's what you could say. And literally, that's what all the nurses have said to me. They were like, Emer, you just knew. Like, I suppose we had a few appointments with him where I said, look, I think there's something not right. And, you know, like the professionals were kind of saying to us, look, it could be reflux. So we changed his milk and things like that. And I said, no, it, it's not reflux because he's a great feeder. He doesn't get sick or anything like that. So you could say that like it was just my instinct. I just knew there was something not right. So what what happened to him, Emer? So when we got admitted to hospital, we started getting loads of tests on James and we were first admitted to CUH and they basically started doing lumbar punctures like on his spine and things like that and blood tests, all that kind of thing. So tiny like and a big needle. Oh my God, the thoughts of it. Yeah, I know. I mean, even when I was getting my epidural, I was scared. So when I knew that James was getting something along those lines into his spine, it really, it's a lot to take. But um, basically James had a really extensive infection of MSSA. So he basically had pockets of infection all over his body on different joints. So like he had some on his spine, his pelvis, ribs in his arms, his legs. And then as well as that, he also had an infection of sepsis. And then as well as that, he also had a blockage in his left ureter. So that is the tube between your bladder and your kidney, um, which was causing basically the urine to go back up to the kidney oh. so that caused infection as well he he was such a sick little baby but i've never heard of that mssa yeah so it would be like it's similar to mrsa so you know that's the hospital kind of superbug they kind of call it yeah yeah um but the mssa isn't resistant where to antibiotics whereas the mrsa is yeah but um, literally, I mean, our consultants basically said to us in Crumlin, like, 
in all their years of medicine, they had never seen um, an infection this extensive in an infant ever. So that's not the most comforting thing to hear. But, you know, I was like, okay. Have they any idea how he got the infection? So it's really difficult to pinpoint that. Um, Like, it's not from the blockage in the kidney in the ureter so that's kind of what they were thinking at the start like could this be why he's so sick and it's not they were kind of two separate entities working against him you could say um but it's really hard to say there's kind of no way of knowing and there's no way of turning back the clocks and you know understanding how he got it but mssa actually lives on loads of our skin naturally it actually lives in our noses and things it just depends on i suppose the person and if it gets in deeply enough to infect like it did with James. So you bring him to CUH and then it's crumbling. And when that, when you're having that conversation, how frightened were you? Oh, like, I suppose when we were in CUH, like I'm a very positive person. I kept saying he's going to be fine. He's in the right place. We're going to get better. And basically what happened was they took him for bloods and he just took a really bad turn. But we were kind of waiting for him to come back. And myself and Jack were sitting down having our dinner saying, look, he's had not so bad a day. He's had the antibiotics now for nearly 24 hours. You know, he's going to come out of this. And then I'll never forget when the nurse came in and I could see in her eyes that she was about to tell me something I didn't want to hear. And she's like, look, Emer, he's going to have to go to Crumlin or Temple Street. And it was just a matter of who would have a bed for us. and. Honestly, I could feel myself just drop, like my heart in my chest just sank. And I was like, oh, God, like that is where the sickest kids go. And then it kind of hit me that James was the sickest baby in CUH at that point of time. And that's very surreal. Like that's very, oh, my God, what? what? Not my James. This doesn't happen to us, you know? Yeah. I think you have that feeling of like, oh, no, these, these things happen to someone else. It's not going to happen to us. You know what I mean? It's weird. You kind of go through that moment of, oh, no, like, why why my baby? But look, I'm just so glad that CUH acted when they did because they kind of did it in a way of saying, look, Emer, if he needs ICU care, it's better that he's down the hall from the bed instead of a three-hour ambulance from the bed. And they were dead right, do you know? That makes a whole pile of sense. In the moment, it probably didn't. But it does make a whole pile of sense. Oh, it does. It does. And they're just amazing in CUH to have acted that quickly. Were you able to go up with them? Yeah. So what happened was um, I went up in the ambulance. It was about, oh, I'd say we left about two in the morning and we arrived to Crumlin around four in the morning on Saturday morning. Mm. And I suppose when you're going through those steps, like, you know, the first time I saw the ambulance, I kind of had my moment of, oh, my God, this is really happening. And then we were on the drive up and I had the most amazing doctor and nurse from CUH with me and they really like helped me feel calm. And then we got to the front door of the Crumlin and I had that moment again of, oh my God, I'm actually in Crumlin. And then we walked to the room and, you know, you kind of go through this weird like dreamlike state of this isn't actually happening. Like, are we going yeah. back to court now? Like, what do you mean we're here? Do you know? This, this wasn't in the script. Like, Exactly. Exactly. So how quickly then after arriving in Crumlin, did he go downhill or did he stabilise? What happened then? So basically, he went downhill. Um, we had him on 
a cocktail of antibiotics and like I mean these antibiotics should have really we should have started seeing improvements quite quickly with them you could say and um, but his infection levels in his blood just kept getting higher and higher and higher so then he was brought to ICU and they were kind of saying look guys we need to do like some serious testing we need to do MRIs CAT scans echo on his heart like you name it now and he's so he's so tiny and they're doing all this I suppose when you're going through it you just have to get through it um but yeah like basically we went into the ICU and they were kind of saying look guys you need to just take it like hour by hour you know just get through the next hour get through the next day get through the next night with him and things like that because they they didn't know what was going to happen because they had never seen an infection this extensive in a newborn like ever um so that's always really hard to hear because you nearly want them to turn around and say, look, it's awful, but we've cured this 20 times and there's all these cases and we've got all this to back us up. But they couldn't say that to us, you know, which is hard. And I remember I kept saying to him, but they're going to he's going to be grand. So it's fine, guys. Like, don't you worry now. I was saying this to the doctors. I was like, don't worry. He's honestly going to be fine. There's no hassle. He's going to be grand. But I think you have to do that to get through it. You, you know, do. I'm sure you do. Yeah. Were you afraid you might lose him? Oh, like that was that was where we were at, really. Like, I mean, they kept saying to us, look, guys, it's a life threatening infection is what he has. Like they had to keep reiterating that to us. They were like, it really is life threatening. Like where he's at right now, this is really, really serious. So like he was conscious up until he had a big procedure the day before my other baby's first birthday. And he basically had loads of points of infection drained and he had like drainage bags coming out of his neck and coming out of his pelvis and things like that after the procedure. And then he was intubated and put into the medically induced coma. And that's when the severity of it all really hit us. I think it was seeing him unconscious and not knowing if or when he'd wake up like that was very, very surreal. How, how powerless do you feel in that moment, Emer? Oh, like, you see, we weren't even allowed to hold him like oh, no. because he was in so much pain because he had so much infection all over his joints. Like it was so uncomfortable for him. So we couldn't even give him that. Like we couldn't even give him the basic hug that you want to give your child or we couldn't even feed him like he didn't feed for a couple of weeks. So all of the things you want to do as a mom are stripped from you so you just have to sit there and watch him and just say i'm here james like i love you so much don't worry like i'm not leaving your side you know yeah it's in the middle of all this jj turns one and i i suppose you can't even be there can you no no i mean it was literally when james was intubated like it was that day that jj turned one which is like really hard and really really surreal um i suppose you know, to kind of get our minds off of how serious James James's condition was. You know, the doctors and nurses be like, oh, and do you have any other kids at home? And usually that's nearly like a happy subject because I'd say, oh, yeah, I have JJ. And, you know, he's fabulous and we adore him and he's the best boy. But it was his birthday, his first birthday at that. And we weren't there. And I just remember a doctor asking me and I was just like, I have a baby, but he's turning one and I'm not there. And then I could see his face drop and he was like, oh, God, I just opened a can of worms that I really didn't mean to. <laughs> but um, look, he had the most fabulous first birthday regardless, as in like he's absolutely spoiled. And I would nearly say that's the beauty of the timing of all of this. JJ's one. 
he doesn't have a clue the days of the week. Never mind that it's his birthday. Do you know? <laughs> so it's nearly a blessing in disguise. Do you know? Yeah. Yeah, I get you. I get you. And he's on your he's on your TikTok, which he's almost the star of your TikToks at this stage. But yeah. I, I'll get to the TikToks in a minute. So it's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All of this intensity, all of this fear... At what point then did they say, okay, we have a hold of it? I suppose it took a while. As in, like, if I'm honest with you, the moment they kind of decided that was when they were talking about us going back to Cork. So while we were in Crumlin, it was very much so, look, guys, there's no timeline. We can't give you a timeline. Um, we just genuinely have to see how his condition keeps going. Um, so I suppose maybe we were about six weeks in to being in hospital. And then they were kind of starting to discuss us doing the IV antibiotics from home and things like that. So he, d- he did start to come around a bit like. Yeah, but it wasn't really a straight road in the sense that he got that procedure done with all the draining and then he was improving, improving, and then they were kind of worried about his movement. So then we had to actually get the neurosurgeons from Temple Street over to see him in Crumlin um, because they were getting quite worried. He had quite a collection on the top of his spine. And then there was a question mark over whether we'd have to do spinal surgery and things like that. So it was definitely not a straight road to recovery. You know, like there was kind of Peaks and valleys, you could say, throughout it. And were, were you worried or were you talking at any stage about how much permanent damage might be done? Were they concerned about that? Oh, that was a big question because, like, James hadn't been moving his arms and his legs. He'd kind of stayed tucked into the fetal position. Now, now we understand that we think that was because he was in such pain. He was trying to, like, protect himself. Poor like, please mice. don't hold me, don't touch me, do you know? Um, but yeah, like, I mean, we really didn't know if he'd ever move his legs again. We didn't know if neurologically he was going to be, you know, 100%. We just honestly, every day just brought a new, oh, look, he moved his leg. Oh my God. Did he just kick his leg out for the first time? Did he just move his arm? And now he's acting really appropriately for his age and things like that. Now he is smaller for his age and weaker for his age, but like, 
he's tracking and tracing people. He's smiling. He's having little giggles. It's honestly amazing. Like, it's crazy. There was another hurdle as well, wasn't there, when they told you, okay, you can take him home now and you can do this at home. And then you were on your way back and you ended up in CUH. How, what can, what, you, you were in the Bumblings, were you? No. So th- this time we were allowed to drive home. Oh, brilliant. Um, so literally I was in the car with my dad. We had James. I was sitting next to James in the back seat, and I thought this is going to be amazing. So I actually got trained on how to give his antibiotics from home through his pick line in his arm. So that was absolutely perfect. I was really excited to start and we were due to get the delivery that night. And then we were about an hour down the road and I got a phone call and the delivery company cancelled the delivery. So I was an hour away from Crumlin and it was peak traffic time. I think we left around like five o'clock in the evening. Mm. Um, so you can only imagine the Dublin traffic at that time. It was absolutely crazy. And then the panic kind of kicked in like, oh, God, he needs his next antibiotic. It's now been cancelled. So then I had to ring Crumlin and explain to James's ward, which he just got discharged from. Um, so our antibiotic is no longer happening. So then they rang CUH and got a bed ready for James. And we went straight down there and got an infusion at nine o'clock at night so that we could spend the night at home. Oh, yeah, that's that's brilliant. That's, and he's 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 well now and he's well and truly on the road to recovery. And there's no permanent damage. Like it is a bit of a miracle, isn't it, Emer? Oh, it's 100 percent a miracle. But like throughout it all, like when your baby's sick, you don't care. Like, you know, they were saying to me, he might move his legs. He mightn't do this. He mightn't do that. You don't care. You just want them to be well. Yeah. Like, you know, it's one of those things I have to say, like being in Crumlin, I nearly was thankful that James was so young because I said, he's never going to remember this in all his years. He's never, ever going to remember the yeah. eight weeks he's spent in hospital. They're going to be something I'll never forget. Yeah, that's, that's a good point, actually. He'll be too young to remember what happened and you'll you'll either tell him or you won't I, I presume you will down the road tell him everything will you oh he'll be hearing all about it when he's bringing you know a man or a woman to the door I'll be saying guys he is drama this James I'm gonna be like <laughs> you need to think deeply about getting in a relationship with this fella because my god does he give me grey hairs but look I just believe truly like you've been through hard times this is one of my hard times Mary down the road is going to go through hard times. Like, you know, if it's a divorce, if it's, you know, a car crash, if it's something like these times happen in everyone's life. And I think it's good to remember that. Like, this is one of our hard times. But now we are getting to the other side of it. Like we have one more operation due in March. And hopefully after that, we can kind of put this to bed. But like, I just really believe that out of all of this time, you know, myself and my partner are so much closer. Like JJ is obsessed with James. Like he's literally, he can't stop holding his hand, giving him kisses and hugs. Like, you know, these things happen and it's so unfortunate and you don't want it to happen you. But I think it's amazing. Like out of all of this, we've like linked up now. I'm an ambassador for Bumbulance, an amazing children's charity. Aren't they? Aren't they just fantastic? Literally. And we've raised 15,000 euro for them. And we did that in two days on Instagram. You know what I mean? So like that's such a positive to come out of such a negative. And I think it's to just keep remembering, you know, these times happen. They're crap. But this too shall pass. You know, looking at your your TikTok and one thing I noticed all of your videos and even some of the videos that would have been made at the very toughest of times. You're really positive. You're really kind of no matter how wrecked you are. By God, you were wrecked on some of them. (laughs) Like, yeah. Like you're really positive, but the, I know the one thing that you wanted to say, 
uh, is how fantastic the people are in both COH and Crumlin. And at a time, Emer, when we hear so many horror stories coming out of the health service, you can't say enough about these people, can you? Like, I suppose for me and from my point of view, when the chips are down and it's like my baby was life and death at two weeks old, like there was not enough that they could do. Even like one of our consultants was on a week's annual leave in the middle of kind of James's treatment. And she was like, Emer, all I could think of was James. Like she was like, these people became so invested in my baby and in his health. And I totally understand like that A&Es are super full and things like that. But when the chips are down and things are life and death, it like the health service can't do enough for you. There is no thing that they won't do. There's no barrier they won't go through. Like we had people come in on their days off to take care of James and things like that. Like I can't stress enough, like when it was so extreme and it was so scary, they went above and beyond for us. And I mean, all of our consultants now think that James is their baby as well. So and all the nurses and all the doctors are obsessed with him. Yeah. They're like, he is a modern day miracle. Yeah, it's it's not just something that people say. They do, those wonderful doctors, they do become personally involved, don't they? Oh, they do. And I mean, even when we were leaving Crumlin, it felt so surreal. It kind of felt like we were leaving our family behind us in a way because they took care of not only James, but they took care of me and Jack. Like yeah. we were part of their family too. And I know, I absolutely know that there's, there is things wrong with the health system and things like that. Oh, 100%. No problem. I agree with that. Okay. Yeah. But... I do think when it comes down to it, when there's a baby, if if you thought for a second that James was ahead of you in A&E, wouldn't you be so happy for him to go ahead of you? Ain't I know I would. If I thought for a second that for my broken leg, I can't get an ambulance for two hours because a baby's going to crumbling in that in that ambulance, take the ambulance, take it a hundred times over. And I think that's the new perspective I've gotten. Yeah. I will wait in A&E for 12 hours if there's something wrong with me, if I think that a baby or a child is getting their treatment before me, yeah. treat them a hundred times over before me. Like, you know, I suppose from my point of view now, that's what I keep telling myself. Like, you know, any weight that we had, even say we were getting an MRI in Cork and the nurses basically told us, look, Emer, there's another child ahead of James because they're more of a priority. Scan him a hundred times over before James because James is now thankfully out the other end. Like he's getting so much better. And I think it's to kind of remember that like we're all doing our best. They're so understaffed, but they're genuinely doing their utmost to take care of us. Do you know? I know. And that's their lovely words and, and, and heartfelt, Emer. One thing that uh, I wanted to bring up, for you, I mean, even Santa had to get in in the act here. Yes, he did. Literally. And actually, do you know what really hit us at one point? We were in Crumlin, obviously, and we were sitting down and we were watching um, the Late Late Toy Show because, you know, it's such a thing around Christmas time. Mm-hmm. And they said on the show, they were like, oh, and say, let's say hi to all the, you know, the children and things in hospital. And then me and Jack looked at each other and we were, they, we were like, they're saying that to us. They're saying that to James. They're like, it's very surreal, you know, and even seeing Santa for the first time in hospital, it's very surreal. You know, it that's what the times when it hits you that you're saying, oh, wait a minute, this is actually happening and other people are living their lives. How dare they? Like, what do you mean? This, this Everyone's life is supposed to be on pause. You know, it's it's weird. It's very surreal, but it was fabulous. And they're so lovely. And 
if any kids out there are going to be in a hospital around Christmas time next Christmas, don't worry, kids. Santa comes. He's so good to you. And he nearly takes extra care of the kids in hospital. So don't worry. All right. Listen, Emer, it's lovely talking to you. Uh, my best you to too. you and to all the family and to Jack. And you know what? Maybe in, maybe in a few years' time, uh, when he's a star on the toy show, you might be telling that story to someone else. It's true. It's true. Literally. Thank you so much and have a lovely day. Cheers. You too, Imer. Thanks. Thank you. Corks 96 FM.